It's end of summer edition of Ignite Radio Live. Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. And not only, people, are you with Greg and Stephanie Schleter, but we are blessed to have each and every one of our six children with us tonight, live in studio. So, yep. So, folks, I want to invite you right now to lean into whatever awkwardness or resistance you may have in the question, how has God anointed you this summer? How has he blessed you? We're kind of picking the theme, summer stories of God with us. Summer stories of God with us. Now, I could say summer stories of Emmanuel, because that's what God with us, it's what that means. Uh, and it may be a little bit intriguing, right? Because we usually only hear that word at Christmas time, but God who entered in this world, the second person of the Trinity, to reveal the Father's love. And not just to reveal it, but to awaken us to our nature in, in God and to draw us back to that intimacy with Him. Well, that's happened. That epic moment has happened and changed our entire lives if we choose to receive it. And we invite you tonight to think about what summer story might you have of God with us? What's something that has happened or occurred in your life in the past few, two months, three months, um, that made you aware that, you know, God is truly uh, broken from the heavens and alive here among us, making his presence known and transforming and healing and all of that. So I've asked my children to think about it and pray about it, and tonight you're going to hear them share a distinct story. Each of us have many of them, but we're going to share one. And if there's one, as I'm saying this to you right now, if something comes to mind, Please share it with us, because maybe somebody needs to hear it. Maybe it's not simply for you to overcome the fear and the awkwardness, which always is going to greet many of us when uh, we are maybe no need to say something. But proportionate to your overcoming that fear, God's grace is going to be poured out. So 877-275-8098, 877-275-8098. And we invite you to interrupt. This is like we're inviting you into the Schleter living room right now, and we give you permission as we're even speaking to call in right away. And uh, we'll, you know, we're going to get you on to share again summer stories of God with us if you've got a story to share with us. So um, what's really cool is that last night, um, with all of us back at home, all the Schleter, six children and one in heaven, little Therese Elizabeth, it's only been four or five days since we've all been together. We were at a blessed wedding this past weekend. And um, last night, uh, they organized another lit gathering of peers. We probably had 35, 40 or more young people in our home praising and worshiping God and, and fellowshipping and reconnecting and some new faces, some old faces, some of the fellow staffers from Damascus, Catholic Youth Summer Camp, uh, Two Focus Missionaries, shout out to them at Bowling Green. It was an amazing experience of the kingdom alive in our home. Uh, and just so powerful. And I, it was powerful for me in particular because it was um, an evening, our designated monthly evening for our Pentecost 365 men, uh, Pentecost365.us, for those of you men who are asking, how can I live this out? Anyways, I digress. So the men were together last night with our monthly gathering in the garage because it started raining. We wanted to be out by the fire and to hear the beautiful singing and praising in our big family back room where we men were sharing and talking about in that night in particular last night personal prayer so i'm just sharing that this has been a glorious uh um, counting down if you will the summer days and we're inviting you to be part of it as we're looking to go back to school as uh, we've hopefully had great summer time and we want to punctuate that glory but also we want to punctuate that this is a new beginning today because god is present he's the great 
I am and with us now. So to keep it a little bit like the living room, we're inviting you to join us in the living room. And Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. So it's about the living room. It's about Jesus being with us in the Holy Spirit. We're going to overcome our own awkwardness and uh, just open ourselves to a moment of praise, a moment of prayer. And uh, Joseph is here, a great musician, blessed by him and uh, other family members. But Joseph's got the guitar and going to lead us in a little worship. We invite you, wherever you're at right now, whatever you're going through, wherever this time finds you, we're just inviting you to surrender whatever cacophony, distractions, static is in the way to enter into a sense of God's praise. So I'm going to ask my eldest daughter, Anne-Marie, to please lead us into kind of an enter-into sort of prayer. And let's just let the Holy Spirit take over. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now. We welcome you into our hearts. Thank you for calling us into this moment, for anointing this moment, for wanting to meet us in this moment, for wanting to do something in our hearts in this moment. We give you permission, Daddy, to lift anxiety right now from our hearts. We give you permission to set us into freedom. Yeah, God, we don't need to wait for circumstances to change before we acknowledge you as God and receive your peace. So right now we choose to let go because we know that our backs weren't made for burdens. You're the God. (laughs) You're the Father and we're the child. So, God, we just, we turn our focus from ourselves to you. You're the one. You're the king. We worship you. We love you. We love you, Jesus. Have your way in us, Lord. Oh, you answer. 
Then you came to my rescue and I wanna be where you are. Cause I call and you answer. Then you came to my rescue and I wanna be where you are. In my Be lifted high in our world. Be lifted high in our love. Be lifted high in my life. Be lifted high in our Jesus, thank you that you are present to us right now as the answer, God. You're the answer to our call. You're the answer to these deep needs of our hearts, minds, bodies, and souls. Right now, Lord Jesus, we come before you in our place of poverty, knowing that you are a provision. Call upon you the name of Jesus, the name above all names. United as a family, the Schleter family, and all others right now listening to us, Lord, mindful we don't need to present ourselves. We don't need to try to be perfect or manufacture, Lord, because you know our, our depths and you, you see the mess without which we wouldn't seek you as our Messiah. So we come before you as we are, your real presence to us, Lord, that we'd be real before you and send your spirit now. Do something tonight in the next time we have together, Lord, in the next 55 minutes we have together. We avail ourselves to you for your glory. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. In the, name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Amen. very delighted to have you all with us. By the way, you can find our podcasts and programs of the past that are, you'll, you'll hear us refer to perhaps tonight, some very powerful programs of past at IgniteRadioLive.com. So I send you there to hear some really good 
programs. We had the Reignite program that we rebroadcast last week that's touched many, many people. And uh, we've had some great testimonies, so you can go there and find that out. Um, if you are a family and asking the question, or a group asking the question, how can we live this out? How can we be united and encouraged and have a plan to live this out in our homes? So it's not just that awesome weekend or that awesome day, but how can we make our homes that place of ever-deepening encounter with Christ and receive the courage to break through the awkwardness and all that? Go to ilovemyfamily.us. We invite you to journey with us and so many other families that are wanting to more fully discover that this, this great adventure in God's love is not limited to a time or place or people. It's now. It's wherever you are. It's your home. God designed it to be that place of encounter. So I love my family.us go there. And if you're a man, 18 or over, we invite all of course and certainly for women we will have something stay tuned. But if you're a man in a particular way we're inviting you to an Ephesians 5 kind of Christ-like heart. What did Christ do? He lays down his life for his bride the church. That's what it means to be a man of God after the heart of Christ to lay down our lives for the church. And uh, God doesn't just appoint us to do that. What he appoints us to, he anoints us for. So go to Pentecost365.us, seven basic baseline commitments to receive God's grace, to overcome all our stuff, to be availed of that outpouring of grace and to receive it. So those are my quick commercials. And with that said, again, I'm going to encourage you to call in. Summer Stories of God with Us is our theme tonight. We want to share stories, authentic stories of God being present, breaking from the heavens into our lives. And I've invited my children to each share a story. And uh, 877-275-8098. And just break into it. You break into it, even if we're in the midst of stories. Something is welling up inside of you. If something we say uh, taps your heart to call in and share, please do that. So we are going to begin with my eldest beautiful daughter, um, Anne-Marie Schleter, who is going to share with us, open it up with the Break the Ice and share the first story. So Annie, Summer Stories of God with us. Sweet. So this summer I was a missionary at Catholic Youth Summer Camp um, for the second time. The first time I was – sorry, microphone adjustments. Um, the first time I was 18 going into my first year of school. This time I'm going into my senior year. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just, it was cool to be back. Um, but the story that I'm going to share is about a middle schooler named Charlie. Charlie was one of those kids with just, you know, those middle schoolers with a head that's too big for their body and they just like, look like a little bobblehead kid. And he had these plastic blue glasses. And there was one day that he spent 15 mim- minutes straight mimicking everything that I said. Um, so that's the kind of kid that we're dealing with. Like being at home. No, they're not. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but um, I um, was working – one of my uh, duties, I guess, um, or appointings at camp was at the vertical playpen, um, and that is a activity where – Basically, it's it's a it's a ropes course, but it's vertical, so they're climbing up um, instead of the typical horizontal kind of you're climbing across. So these courses, a lot of the kids, it was really cool because it was a lot of fear that was broken through and just breakthrough in general all all summer long. Um, and it was crazy because a lot of these kids, you would just see fear come out, um, and you you just like see what they're afraid of. Um, so Charlie. <laughs> He gets in line and he's telling me as I'm hooking him into the, co- and he has his harness on and I have to like 
hook him with a carabiner onto the rope where he's going to climb up the course. And he's telling me he's not going to climb it even as he starts to climb it. So I'm like, whatever, Charlie, climb the course. So um, he's climbing and he's telling me he's not going to climb. And um, for some kids, the goal wasn't necessarily to get them to the top. The goal was to get them out of their comfort zone into their learning zone. Um, and the, we kind of talk about how between there's comfort zone, there's learning zone, and there's panic zone. So for some kids, their learning zone could be all the way to the top. And for some kids, panic zone could be at the top. So you kind of have to discern where should I be pushing this kid? So Charlie, we pushed him and encouraged him and he got to about the middle of the course before he came down and that was a victory and we celebrated um, and he was still being sassy. And then he got back in line to go again and I'm like, okay, Charlie, you know what? You've been giving me crap all week, mister. So if you're getting back in line to go again, you're going to go to the top and I know that you can do this. And I just, the Lord just impressed on my heart that Charlie really struggled um, with putting himself in a box of I can't do it and then just living there. And I felt like Jesus really wanted to break him out of this box by my words of encouragement and pushing him to the top. Um, and it was so much more than just, okay, we're going to do this fun activity and I'm going to see you do it. It was like, no fear leaves Charlie's life today. Um, and something that the Lord really impressed upon my heart this summer is the reality that I have authority over fear mm-hmm. um, in the death and resurrection of Jesus, especially as someone who has dealt with fear in the past or anxiety in the past and has been healed from it and is continually healed from it. I have, sp- I have a special place to speak against fear. Um, and yeah, I was going to, I just, I just decided even that day that I'm going to take a toll on the enemy and whatever has worked, you know, whatever areas of the enemy that of my life, whatever areas of my life that the enemy has tried to claim using fear tactics or anxiety or whatever else, um, I was just going to like go hard against that in my own life and in Charlie's life. So Charlie starts climbing and he gets to like the third step and he's already telling me that he's coming back down. And I'm like, Charlie, you know what? You got in line to do this again. And so you want to do it. And I'm going to push you to do more. So he's like, I'm not going to do it. And I'm like, Charlie, you're going to do it. (laughs) Take a step up. And you take a step as he's taking the step. He's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm like, Charlie, I believe in you. Charlie, you know, whatever. And it was so beautiful to just see past his I'm not going to do it and see this this heart that was actually afraid um, and that didn't believe that he could do it. And so, you know, I'd be like, Charlie, what is telling you that you can't do this? Well, I'm scared. Okay. So fear is telling you that you can't do this. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, well, you, you fear doesn't have authority over you. Who has authority over you? Jesus. Okay. What is Jesus telling you to do to take another step? And so then you take another step and then you tell me he's not going to do it. So we'd go through the same conversation again and again and again. And then as he'd take a step, I would speak some truth over him. Charlie, you are strong. Charlie, you are brave. And, you know, service value, it didn't look like it was taking, if you will, that um, those words were really doing anything. But then he kept walking. So it was like he was annoyed. I He was so annoyed. I made him, I sit on the other side of the course and made him just like look at me the whole time. It was just like, Charlie, look at my eyes. Charlie, you are strong. Charlie, okay, Charlie, what does Jesus call you? What is What, what does Jesus say that you can do? Um, and just, yeah, speaking that over him. And finally, he, and I just, starts i'm i'm screaming basically after he gets past the middle of the course and i'm just trying to get him to keep going keep going keep going um and i was just so struck by the power of of our words and the power of truth Mm -hmm. that i'm not up there carrying charlie i wanted to be up there with him so badly um and to just walk through it with him but actually by me standing there and not giving up on him um and believing him it was just crazy so he's taking more steps he's like 
five away from the top and he's still yelling at me that he wants to come down but he's taking steps so whatever and so he was clearly not in his panic zone he was clearly in his learning zone because he really wasn't freaking out that much um but by the time he got to the top i was about to pass out because i've been yelling so much it was like 100 degrees outside i'm crying because i can't believe that he just like pushed Mm -hmm. himself um and he gets to the top and he's just like yeah, he, he gets to the top and he's like, okay, I want to come down, like, right away. And I'm like, Charlie, like, look what you just did! And mm. snots everywhere and whatever. Um, and it was just like such a, you, Special I saw thing. so much this summer in prayer ministry, in, in deliverance prayer, whatever, um, in giving, I gave a talk every week, um, that I was, well, the first four weeks of the summer, I gave a talk to all of the women on community and, and just, yeah, heard some hard stories and dealt with some powerful things. Um, but that was just such a real life example that I know Charlie's going to go home and I know that he's going to think twice next time he goes to say, I can't do something. And that's not just like easy self-help stuff. Mm. That's him choosing to live in this reality, going into seventh grade of he's being awakened to his identity. Um, so my takeaway from that and what I hope your takeaway from that is, is just to stand with people and watch people. Mm. And yeah, there's power in the immediately and Jesus healed people immediately. And I saw that this summer too, but where I encountered Jesus the most was choosing to enter into people's processes. Um, because even like, yeah, I, it would, it was hard to stand there and it would have been so much easier to be like, okay, you got to where you got to last time or you got to three steps more than you did last time. Okay. I'm going to let you come down, but choosing to stay there and sweat and cry and scream for this kid that I didn't even know, um, who the Lord had just like given me his heart for it costs something. Um, and even just in that sacrifice, we talk about at camp, how fire always falls on sacrifice and fire fell on that sacrifice because, Charlie was freed from fear, um, or at least parts of his heart were freed from fear. And I believe that the Lord's going to continue to use that moment. Um, so Super that's awesome. where I'm at. Super beautiful. Of course, Annie, as you're speaking, I think for each of us, what is our vertical playpen? You know, if we're Charlie, each of us have some obstacle, some challenge in front of us, whatever that may be. You obviously spoke to that and alluded to that. But right now, folks, you're maybe hearing it for that reason. Maybe you're facing a vertical playpen of your own that seems monolithic is um, evoking great fear. And uh, all your life you've been told you can't do it. So maybe that's us. And tonight, hear the word, in the name of Jesus Christ, conquer, overcome the um, angst of the past, bitterness, resentment, all of those whispers and lies that have, have suggested to you otherwise, overcome them in the name of Jesus. And a lot of us right now think about what might be that vertical playpen for a spouse, for a son or daughter, those closest to us. You know, do we take the time and really look at them and not evaluate on the surface? But what below the surface are the obstacles those closest to us are facing? And pray for the Father's heart right now. How might we speak words of encouragement and journey with them, as Annie said beautifully, in the process? That sometimes it is all at once, but it's the steps. It's the three steps and then the four steps that that leads us more deeply into that. A family is meant to be that, by the way. Like that's family at its best, an encounter of Christ, encouraging one another to overcome obstacles and reach for ever new heights. And I think with that, just, yeah, just remembering I had kids declare all summer long just that fear is a liar. So if there are Mm. actions in your life that you are taking or things that you are not doing um, because of fear— that's a lie. Like fear has no authority over our lives anymore. Um, mm. When Jesus, yeah, when Jesus conquered death, fear, fear lost its say. And so you don't have to actually dialogue with fear anymore. What does that mean? That means that you don't have to convince fear 
that it's wrong in your head. You don't even have to, you don't even have to engage fear. So like you just get to say that I'm, I'm a child of God and you get to keep going. Um, and yeah, courage isn't an emotion. Fearlessness isn't an emotion. It's a choice. Mm. And whether that's choosing to have a conversation that you don't want to have or, or that's choosing to press into a place that you know that the Lord is calling you that is hard. Well, you're made for hard things. Fear is a liar. If you're saying that you can't do something, mm. that's not true. Um, you can acknowledge that something is hard and you can in your in your next breath acknowledge that you are loved and and the God who does hard things, the God who parts the seas, the God that conquers death, he's with you. Um so yeah, fear's a liar. Folks, you're tuning to Ignite Radio Live. So blessed to have you with us. Our theme is Summer Stories of God with us. We're going around in our family and each one sharing a story. We invite you if you want to call in and share yours, 877-275-8098. Yeah, just <clears> – sorry. Real quick along those lines, I um, wrote a song this summer called Champion, and there was this line in it. Um, part of the bridge is, um, you are my champion. Um, victory is yours. Fear will bite its tongue. Freedom found its voice. And like the, I might just remember like when I was writing that and the Holy Spirit just putting that – the line that in particular struck out like fear will bite its tongue and how, and so many people came up to me afterwards and they're like, yeah, like that's so significant for me. So just along the lines of what Annie was saying about like, you don't have to dialogue with fear because of Jesus fear bites its tongue and you don't have to listen to it because it doesn't have a voice in your life anymore. Amen. Dominic, what, if, what story would you like to share of God's so, power? Okay. So there's the question I was going to say. I don't remember the question. Um, an easy one and not as profound one as Annie's is, um, just this summer is all the people around me, surrounding me and Mm. even tough people, but just all I've learned from most, especially my family, but people close to me and challenging me to be the best I can be. That's awesome. awesome. And that's so important. And I just want to renounce when you just said, um, not as profound because God in and of himself is profound. Mm. And whether it's a, you know, seemingly more dramatic thing, so often we see that as more powerful. But in those moments, especially in the real deal, living it out in the ordinary, in an extraordinary way and being open to that grace, that is profound also. I'm not going to give specifics either, but Dominic, you have been a tremendous uh, example to me and witness of discipline and focus and a whole realm of things as a young 14-year-old lad. I'm not giving specifics. He's giving me the cutoff hand, you know. Um, <laughs> but no, many, many levels. Uh, and it's really awesome when your family are occasions of witnessing and evangelizing us. And I'm so blessed as a father, certainly entrusted with that maybe primary role as, as they were younger, but as we're getting older and they're experiencing things and praying into things and devoting themselves to the prayer life, how everyone enriches each other. So Dominic, thank you for that. All right. Uh, we are now going to Joseph, who's going to share with us his summer story of God with us. Joseph is a 19 year old yeah, and a summer mission, not summer missionary going into his second year at Damascus. Correct. Yeah. So this summer was incredible. I was also at CYSC with Annie and it, there were so many different stories of how the Lord worked. And one in particular, um, that was standing out to me. It was our fourth week of camp. It was our staff's last week of middle school. And we just got a very interesting and unique group. Um, a lot of them came from, um, some 
broken inner city kind of families. Um, and they just needed to be loved in a very unique and special way. And so the whole week was like this whole week of, of meeting them where they were at and just like loving them through it. And there was one group in particular that was just a huge struggle um, in the sense of um, just not engaging, not opening up, not entering in. They came to my activity. I was running an activity and they literally just sat down like, nope, we're not going to do this. And I was like, okay, let's Ouch. work with that. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, they were just, they definitely needed to be loved in a very unique way. And so throughout the week, you have like these, these, um, our nights we have where we have like skits and dramas and there's a talk and there's some worship and adoration. And, and each day we'd see like a little more breakthrough, but, but it was still like there, especially with this group in particular, there was, there was a lot to be desired. They just didn't care. They just kind of sat down and were disengaged totally. And, and throughout the whole time, their counselor, uh, Elizabeth was just like so perfect for them and just like loving them and was exactly what what they needed and she was hard when she needed to be hard and she was loving all the time and just so good throughout it all. And, and it was just getting to this point where I, I just felt it deep in my soul that God bless you. Um, it was not what you thought it that was. That was a sneeze. <laughs> um, <laughs> it got to this point where like, I was just so expectant. I just had so much expectant faith that the last <laughs> night, this Thursday night, the Lord was just going to move in, in power and he was going to do something really significant, particularly in this, in this group. Um, so Thursday comes around and, and it was funny throughout the whole week. Like a lot of people were just like, you know, kind of getting frustrated or struggling with what they weren't seeing. And I was like, just the whole message the Lord was putting in my heart to, to focus on the abundance, not the lack, mm-hmm. focus on what the Lord is doing and has instead of what they don't have. Like when Jesus multiplied the bread, right? He gave thanks for what he had, even though it wasn't close to being enough, he gave thanks. And then that, and after that it was multiplied. So just to give thanks for what we have and focus on the abundance, not the lack. And it was just, I was so attuned to the abundance of what the Lord was going to do. So Thursday night rolls around, we're in an outdoor tent. And right before our evening programming begins, literally everything that could have gone wrong went mm. wrong. We all of a sudden audio stopped working. Our scream that we have lyrics wasn't working. My guitar string broke. So someone went to go grab another one, but then that one was missing a string. So then he had to go to get another one and that one didn't have battery. <laughs> so he had to get like another one. And like every, this is all like happening right before, like literally kids are like <laughs> lining up, getting ready to come in and we're scrambling just to get things figured out. And I don't even, we didn't even have lyrics for their first song. So we ended up singing like, uh, I've got that joy, 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 joy <laughs> down. And it was just so like meant to we just made it we, whatever but i was so just expecting because i'm like anytime i've seen it happen so often anytime we're like in a human aspect things like seem to be going awfully wrong mm-hmm. god shows up so powerfully because he loves to show us that it's not about us yep, and on. he loves to show us that like it's not about how how good of a program we put on or how cool the lights are or how good the music it's about his presence like there's nothing we can do that'll outweigh his presence and so anytime like there's something that's just humbling and something that like that that wouldn't be ideal like it's just such i i get so excited because i'm like i know jesus is going to show up in a big mm-hmm. way and so we were kind of going through the night, going through the night, and and we have this time of of, of worship. Um, this guy Dan just gave a talk, and then um, we're worshiping, and then Jesus comes in um, for adoration, and we're just worshiping. I just felt the environment begin to shift. I just like felt it begin to shift, and and I saw their eyes like they were just beginning to open up for the first time. And then we have we broke off into. Um, prayer ministry where they group together with their small group leader and um, and their prayer lab leader and they just each of them gets a chance to come to the middle and be prayed over and um, I just heard this story of um, I heard this afterwards I didn't experience it but I saw 
um, little bits of it, and, and I heard it afterwards. So they, all these girls in this in this group that particularly was was um, very unique. Um, they came to the middle, and their counselor just was so attuned to the voice of God, and had loved them so much, and just had God's heart for each and every one of them. That literally, like like girl after girl after girl who was being prayed with was like she just told them their whole life story. Like she didn't know these facts about them, but the Holy Spirit was just revealing um, all these places of brokenness in their life. And she pointed out exactly where Jesus was in each of those moments, things that she never would have known, the things like they had never told her, but she was just so attuned to the Holy Spirit and the Father's heart for them Mm -hmm. that she just begins to share with them. And these girls just begin to break down crying because it's a sign from God is real. Like there's no way this, this girl could have known this. And she's pointing out all these struggles in my life because they had just come from some serious broken past and, 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 and the Lord, how he broke in and he, he was just showing, um, where, where he was at in each of those places. Um, and girl after girl, after girl, after girl, after girl, every single girl just completely broke down because like they just heard their story and they heard the Lord in the midst of it. And, and they were just prayed for. And it was like this, this conversion moment, like some of them came in, I think one of them was Aztec actually. And then like cool. there's others that just didn't complete, like completely didn't believe in God like didn't want to be there. And like all of a sudden like, wow, like he is real. And and, and after that, it, it was just so significant this time of like them, like just seeing, seeing the shift and seeing the way God worked through Elizabeth to, to speak his truth into their lives and just to radically transform each and every one of those girls to encounter Jesus in a powerful way. That's awesome. What That's strikes awesome. me, Joseph, with that wonderful story, which is unique and special, but as you know, one of many, uh, that take place there at Damascus. And it's not because it's Damascus or CYC. It's everywhere the Holy Spirit is, which is everywhere, and those who are willing to receive. And it's been said before, those who've given testimony about retreats and such, it's been given witness that the things these kids are most afraid of are not the high-adventure sports, not the vertical playpen, not the uh, more the sports, not all that stuff that may cause fear. The thing they fear most is when they experience this this touch of God's grace, his hand, his love, the fear is that they're going into an environment when they go home where they feel it has to stop, where they feel like they're, they're not welcome, that the atmosphere is not receptive, that they have to, if you will, go back to, let's face it, maybe a make-believe kind of existence compared to the reality that's touched them and the reality they have touched. And I say that by way of encouragement, and maybe some challenge, but encouragement to us parents, because in a large way, we're like those kids, aren't we? Like, we want our atmospheres to be places like, we're children, like the gospel today, be like children. Otherwise, we don't enter the kingdom of heaven. We're meant to be like those children right now in our homes and to open the doors to that encounter, to ask good questions of those we love in our homes. You know, what, what are you struggling with? No, really, what are you struggling with? Or, you know, what's moving you? Or, you know, what are your dreams and aspirations to spend time to do that? The enemy doesn't want that to happen, by the way. So I'm just stating this as a dad. Uh, The enemy wants us to be isolated in our digital prison cells. And uh, all of us have a level of, not myself, have a level of addiction, but most of us do. There's a level of dopamine attachment, and uh, it's easy that way. But I encourage you tonight to make the time. This week, sometime, to set all that stuff aside, declare a time of sacredness. You can find even a guide at ilovemyfamily.us and open the doors with the Father's heart as this counselor did. He didn't even know these kids, but the Holy Spirit anointed her to know them. I'll tell you this, as much as those kids delighted in her ministering to them, 
how much more do they delight their parents to have that kind of attentiveness to their hearts? And God has equipped you parents, us parents, to do that. We fail. I get it. I fail. We fail. But open the door tonight and be nudged into doing that. Grace Rachel Schleter, you are up to bat. What is a summer story of God with us for you that you'd like to share? So, um, sorry if I'm scattered and bad at telling stories, so bear with me. But, bear with me? Okay. Anyways, I, in June, went to New Jersey with my cousin and his wife and three kids, Mm -hmm. and they are the best people ever. Um, there was one night where my cousin Noah, who is 12 and I were just sitting at the table, chilling, drinking tea, living the good life. And <laughs> cause that's the best thing ever. And we ended up just like started talking about just like first priests and then like our vocations and discernment and stuff. And then we ended up talking about like life in the spirit and the gifts of the spirit and stuff. And this was all stuff that was like completely new to him. And he got so excited about all of it. And it was really beautiful to see, like, the change that came over him after, like, seeing, because you kind of see the side of God that's, like, the stern, follow my rules, and maybe I'll help you in life. And he was, like, he just kept saying, wow, it's like God's a superhero. <laughs> but I was like, yeah. But it was so Pretty cool much. because, like, that night and every night, he was like, hey, Grace, like, can I lead the prayers tonight? Like, can I lead mm-hmm. us in prayer? And that night was one of the most beautiful prayers I have ever heard. So, yeah, it was really amazing to see his encounter um, and just the way that opening that up through conversation in a natural way, like, just opened his eyes to all of that. The end. Beautifully told. Very touching for me. I remember when you shared that with me when you came back, and obviously a parent is so moved when their children have the Father's heart and find those occasions to open up that door. And what a what a witness, Grace. So I thank you for responding to the Father's heart and doing that and just that occasion. The, you know, stereotypical image of a uh, young lad like that going into his uh, middle school years or junior high years. Um, it's just kind of cool because... You know, who would have thunk it in many ways, right? So often we just assume things, oh, they're not going to be open, oh, they're interested in other things. But like you just so beautifully said, Grace, just how that conversation the Lord used, right, to uh, just stir up within him that uh, connection and desire and use you as the conduit to draw him closer to his heart. Thank you. The beautiful Miss Catherine Lisa. Actually, Tobias. I think we go to Juan Pablo. Oh, sorry. The beautiful Miss. But just <laughs> actually, what we're doing that, make sure Catherine's microphone is right up there to the edge so she's a. We shall, but it is but, time. But uh, folks, you're tuning into Ignite Radio Live. So blessed to have you here in our living room sharing these stories of God alive and encouraging you to experience that grace, certainly through the airwaves. But to know these, you have your own airwaves with your family, with you gathered, and to make that happen. So delight in this tonight. If Again, I encourage you, if you have one you want to share with us of how the Holy Spirit has moved this past summer, 877-275-8098. Now to the beautiful John Paul. <laughs> um, I would say that the, is what I want to talk a little bit about, isn't necessarily a moment because there were a lot of incredible moments that happened over this summer where the Lord was really working powerfully, but want to talk more about just a mindset 
switch slash awareness. So mm. um, I was blessed to be a counselor at CYSC for a week. And that was just amazing to be on mission in that way. But I just, during that week, just, I was, had the blessing of receiving Jesus in the Eucharist daily mm-hmm. and also committed daily personal prayer. And first off, just the combination of the two is a killer combo for Satan. And I, I guess the mindset was, um, I just recognized all the ways in which I was actively choosing hell in my life because if you can define hell as separation from God and if we believe that you can be in union with God in daily personal prayer and in receiving Holy Communion um, and if I'm actively choosing my own comfort over that I'm actively choosing separation from God and I just fell in love again with the Eucharist Mm. during that week uh, fell in love with daily prayer and that was just hugely impactful um, in my day-to-day life. So, yeah, I just want to testify to the power, beauty, and glory of Holy Eucharist and just that we have a Father who we can talk to, and that's amazing. Um, so, yeah. You don't get more God with us than Jesus present in the Eucharist. Amen. 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 Catherine, now to the beautiful Catherine, Miss <laughs> Catherine Lisa Tobias. Um, so I have an autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. and as symptoms have persisted the past couple years and have gotten worse, um, we've kind of been trying to figure things out. And actually, recently this summer, we've um, gotten answers and um, kind of are on a path to healing, I guess. Um, and not knowing was definitely, I was scared and, um, I kind of felt confined and, um, it was really difficult, but knowing also was, um, now that I know, especially when I first kind of started finding out, it was definitely very overwhelming, um, and just crazy. Um, and so, um, I guess with that, um, on this path to healing, it's definitely difficult and I like have to have a special diet and all this stuff. Um, but God's just immense love through it all and just graces being outpoured on me is, um, just so beautiful, especially like how he has worked through other people. Like I am just see it so clearly, um, especially through my mom and I was away this summer, um, a cousin's house and my aunt was just amazing through it all and other people who just go out of their way um, to just take care of me and love me. Um, and I guess I'm just learning so much through this experience, just being joyful amidst, um, just amidst it all and um, learning to trust him and to be peaceful. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my story of encounter this summer. That's Very awesome. Moving. Thank you, Catherine. Beautiful. Um, how many of us experience a cross or difficulty trying to figure it out and, or have figured it out, but are just, you know, overwhelmed by what is in front of us. And so, um, God is so good and always provides, right? And for you, Catherine, it's been such a witness of your acknowledgement of what he's providing. Yes, you'd love to be healed completely right now here in this moment, Right. But the fact that his um, 
loving on you is coming through so many other people who have embraced you and um, are trying to help you and are helping you. And your acknowledgement of that and your immense gratitude, I think, has been a witness to all of us of that um, God with us in your beautiful attitude. So thank you. The built-in Lent also, Catherine, as you see awesome food that everyone else gets to eat all the time and maybe special things even in summer. And who doesn't like food? Food's awesome, especially special food. But to have to, you know, uh, deprive yourself of things and obviously it's for health reasons but to know your your little your beautiful little soul that is lifting it up also and uniting it with Christ is very moving and I'm very grateful for your witness. Stephanie, you're up to bat. That's so funny. I was looking around going who hasn't gone yet? But I guess Therese that Elizabeth would be me. So, Can um Jape, John Paul, Keith, I'm going to tag along with yours um in the sense, you were a counselor at CYSC too? I was not. I was not. But I think vicariously, since I gave birth to you three counselors and staff there was people. Only one counselor. And, one. Oh, I counselor. get corrected all the time. Yeah. See, people, listen to this. Listen to this little salty sass. <laughs> anyway, um, so God is so good and so present. And even as I'm looking at each and every one of these faces in front of me in this studio, from my husband to each of my children, I just feel very overwhelmed um, with God with us. These souls that the Lord has entrusted to us and how he is working in them and through them is just amazing. So parents in particular, look deep into their eyes, even amidst whatever you may be going through, and just acknowledge the gift that God has given to you and you alone in this soul that he has entrusted you with and all the ways that he calls us on through them and the privilege we have um, to hopefully help in that encounter, to introduce, but also for God to work through them to touch us. But I, well, that's not a digression. That's just a little Stephanie random thought here on Annunciation Radio, Ignite Radio Live. So um, I guess I share that because I just feel so blessed all the time, right? Like mm-hmm. to just acknowledge that fact that God is so good and mm-hmm. so gracious with and us. so with us. Um, but in a very profound and crazy real way, a few weeks ago, we were so blessed with a dear friend from Erie, Pennsylvania, um, mm-hmm. who made a last minute visit to us, uh, Unexpected, so we were delighted because he is one of our all-time dearest and most favoritest, and I say that deliberately, Homeschooling. Um, people you know, in our lives. And so he came, and we had just a delightful time together in conversation and prayer. And um, the next morning was a Sunday, and he had been given special permission to say a house mass, he is a priest, by the way. He is a priest. If I sorry, this is a priest friend. Sorry, a dear priest friend. Friends to come in and yes. celebrate mass. You know. So we had never had a house mass before, and um, and so that in and of itself was just so powerful and such a grace. So one that this priest friend person dear to us, who has been a part of my life forever, um 
just the visit in and of itself, but then the privilege of mass. And so very quickly, as I'm looking at the clock here too, the um, table that we chose to have mass on was this um, small card table kind of thing that was my grandparents. And I was, um, I grew up with two uncles who were missionary priests in Mexico. And whenever they would come to visit, this was the table that they would say mass on at my grandparents' house. So that connection, and then the altar cloth that we put on top of it, which had never been used before by us, um, was something that my great aunt, who was my godmother, had hand-sewn. It was an actual altar cloth that she had made um, for her priest that, after she passed away, uh, it was given to me as a um, memento, memory kind of thing from her. Um, the little, we had a, father had asked for a crucifix for the little altar, and it was a um, a cross that was given uh, as a gift from Father Larry Richards many years ago when I was in college, when he was in Assisi, uh, and it had been placed upon the tomb of St. Francis. And one of my favorite things was um, he had asked, Father had asked John Paul, or I'm sorry, Dominic, to ring the bell at consecration, and it was a bigger bell that was in our our living room and he and Dominic said, can I use the little one? So went and got this smaller bell that unbeknownst to them was actually a gift from many, many years ago when Joseph and John Paul were little guys and father Nick had brought it over um, and they put it in their little priest kit thing that they had. So that was an actual, uh, you know, another connection. So all that to say all these little beautiful things that were so um, present of the communion of saints, right? And and mm-hmm. just that tradition and history and roots and just so overwhelming. And then most especially, which is going to sound like a no-brainer, during the, the um, certainly the Mass in and of itself and the readings were beautiful and how Father prepped and really changed the atmosphere to really uh, make it a sacred place in his words and his you know, kind of setting the tone the way that he did and his homily that he gave directly to our family, you know, from a foot away. And then going into the liturgy of the Eucharist and literally mm-hmm. just being inches away from Jesus Christ mm-hmm. present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the right there in our home, Amazing. you know, under the appearance of bread and wine. And just, I'm like, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. And like, he's here, like he's really here. So just that profound acknowledgement, which I should have at every mass, right? But the real presence and just the prayer on my heart all through mass from the visit from Father Nick to the history of the things that I briefly shared to our family, to my husband, to just everything was just, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Like that was the only thing that could come out of my heart. So that I think was one of my uh, deepest um, summer stories, if you will, of God with us. Beautiful. Looking at the time, I'm going to dive right into mine, and I'm going to begin my story with a declaration. And for all of us listening and to set the stage for my story that it wasn't difficult to proclaim faith on Tabor. It was not difficult to acknowledge the glory and the grandeur in Christ and is revealing his glory. Uh, faith is forged in Gethsemane. Faith is forged in that place um, of difficulty and desolation where there's, there's no 
consolation and we choose to follow through anyways. We see that in the lives of the saints in the darkest times of history. And it's both. God is woven into it all. But for many of us around us, our marriages, our families, our world, our occasions, to know that God's hands are in it, forging us in faith and to trust in him. I say that personally because just to share with you all very candidly, my family who know this, but you out there also, when you leave behind well-compensable work to respond to God's call, uh, as we did from Erie PA to move here, you don't always have immediate direct indication of of God's uh, anointing. You don't see it. You're doing it because he revealed it in your heart of hearts. In spite of my imperfection and brokenness, I'm saying yes to him and persevering. And so um, when we do see that, when we do see numbers or whatever, or we see healings, we've seen physical healings and innumerable uh, ultimate healings, which is conversion, when we experience that, when God allows us to see that, it is just a tremendous indicator of little signs that, hey, we're on that road. Keep doing it. So any of you right now, I just want to say... God has called us ultimately, obviously, as husbands and wives and families to be occasions of love, regardless of the response, to keep bringing that love. And uh, for many of us, it may be in Gethsemane. So here's, if you will, one of those signal graces that happened a few weeks ago. Um, It was with my brother, Richard, whom lives in Columbus, and I encountered him through social media uh, as somebody who was struggling in many ways with some... um, Mental illness, as he would talk about, and he shared it publicly, and people would rally around him and pray for him. And uh, I can't imagine that world. So just start there. I cannot imagine his Gethsemane and what he dealt with. And um, circumstances, there are many points of his story that I'd like to have him on the radio at some point. But in the past few weeks, something powerful happened, and I'm going to read to you his letter to me that he just sent today, and he is my story of God with us. He says, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for never giving up on us. Thank you for never giving up on me, even though I rejected you for over six dark, painful years. Thank you for revealing yourself to me in the most improbable of circumstances. Thank you for your grace and mercy, even in my time of unbelief, anger, and desolation. While I had selfishly rejected you, you still made clear your love for me. Your love is perfect. We praise you. Quote, it's about redirection. Sometimes we want to go one way, but God wants us to go in a completely different direction. Unquote. These are the simple but powerful words spoken to me by an individual on a public transit bus in Columbus, February 2017. Unprovoked, this lady looked up at me and randomly said the very word that would define the deep inner yearning I experienced for the following two and a half years. Redirection. For six years, from 2011 until February 2017, I've been going my own way. Through a desolate and dark abyss of unbelief, confusion, loneliness, anger, and deep emotional damage. After six years of angrily rejecting God, leaving the church, severing beautiful friendships, being diagnosed with an incurable illness, after a very improbable and life-changing event, God in his most loving and merciful way revealed himself to me once again. In my most broken and damaged state, God still showed that he was present and that he loved me. He was after my heart. He wanted to heal the damage. He wanted to show me that I was worthy of love and that my life had immense value and worth. He wanted to show me that new direction. As the months, and now two and a half years since February 2017, have rolled on, and as God has delivered numerous signs to remind me that he is with us, I found myself at home a few weeks ago sitting at the dining room table, 
I turned on my computer and scrolled through the sludge of toxicity of Facebook news feed, replete with everyone arguing about the latest political dramas and such, and saw that Father Michael Dandoran would be on the evening Ignite Radio Live show. Father Dan Duran was a priest at St. Thomas More BGSU when I was a student. I love Father Michael. I bookmarked the website for the radio program and listened to the show later that evening. It is an understatement to say that God spoke to me during that radio program. As I listened to Father Michael, tears flowed. I could feel God's love entering my mind, body, and spirit. Something spiritual was happening. God was calling me home and was using that radio show as a vessel to deliver his sign to me. Some moments later, I saw the banner on the website which showed the Reignite event at Holy Trinity Parish happening the following evening. Father Michael was going to give the homily. Curtis Weisenberger was going to share a testimony. Brendan O'Rourke was going to lead praise and worship. All men that I knew and trusted. I knew God was calling me to come and be reignited at that very moment and in that very place with men of God who I once walked with on this spiritual journey before I turned my back on Christ in 2011. I had to heed his call. I went. At Reignite, I surrendered my life and will back to God. No more shame and awkwardness. No more reluctance. No more passivity. God spoke to me that evening and healed me in ways that only the Holy Spirit is capable. God showed me that love is in this house and healing is possible in his name. That with God at the center, our wounds, damage, regrets can be healed and transformed. He showed me that redirection is possible. It was the first time I entered a worship setting in six years. But I've never cried out in song, prayer, and worship as I did that evening. So now my faith has been reignited. I have the courage to walk with Christ down this new road to shun the ways of old. But I do now all glory and honor belong to our Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord. I seek more. Hosanna. Lord, we lift this up to you as a cry of our hearts to you who want to provide every good transformation and healing through glory. Amen.